This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Good morning. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey from Mississippi Today. Well, tell you what, this is a show about the most interesting people and stories in Mississippi. And I tell you what, the COVID-19 healthcare crisis has affected the entire world in so many different ways. And there are organizations and people here in Mississippi who are feeling big changes as well. Hey, I'm sitting in a car right now. Tell me about it. I can tell you I've been doing a uh, radio show from a car. Anyway, um, we've got some great organizations here and people that are doing some amazing things. So today we're going to be speaking with three folks that are making a huge difference because there is a huge need. We've got Michelle Hartfield from the Salvation Army, Merle Eldridge from Mississippi Blood Services, and Natchez Renaissance man, Burnley Cook. And I tell you what, he's a musician, he's a painter. He's, he was actually uh, voted one of the top 100 people you need to meet in Natchez, so you're going to love hearing from Burnley, too. So we're going to be welcoming our guests here in just a few minutes. But first, Michelle and I are going to catch up on some news and things that are going on around Mississippi as we are sheltered in place. Michelle, how you doing? We are doing well here at MPB. How are you at home? Uh, I am doing fine at home. I have been super busy cranking out coloring sheets and cartoons and drawings and blogs and, you know, just doing all the things I need to do, helping my kids with their homework still trying to get out and get a little bit of exercise in the neighborhood but staying in place because we are going to flatten that curve that's our goal and uh so far i hope it's working you know i mean um, i've talked with some friends who are doctors and you know they they're just you know they said it's been it's been quiet but it's starting to pick up a little bit and and according to the white house and according to experts the the next couple weeks are going to be rough so if you don't have to go out folks don't go out um you know, it's just I've talked to a couple of people who have had this and they said, you do not want this. Right. This is not even even mild cases are no fun. Um, everybody's like, well, it's just like the flu. And a couple of people I talked to said that, no, it's actually much worse than the flu, that it was very, very scary. Um, and they had, you know, they were older, but they were like in their 40s. So they're not like older. You, know, you, say, oh, you say older, huh? my age, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, when I say older, you know, but that, I mean, the thing is, we were sold that this was going to get people, you know, oh, it's all going to affect people over a certain right. age. Well, mm-hmm. it's hitting people from young people on up. Right. And um, the main thing is, you know, the best thing to do is a avoid getting it, but also to take good care of your health. Good grief. If you got a chance Take your vitamins, get your exercise, you know, mm-hmm. try to reduce your stress, which right now, <laughs> oh, not that easy. That one out, let us all know. <laughs> Speaking um, of that, Marshall, that's when I asked you how you were doing. A lot of people, of course, when you text someone and you ask how um, people are doing, people are most, mostly thinking about health wise, but I mean, as physically, but I'm thinking mentally because, again, oh, mental health is huge. Right this now. is yeah. right. This is a big change in a lot of people's lives. And being healthy mentally right now is very important. Like you said, with the uh, news, I, I have CNN on all day at home and things like that. You have to disconnect. You have to uh, not let the fear consume you or let the uh, media consume you and, and look, keep looking at the numbers and things like that. That can overtake you and uh, make you feel almost powerless at a point, but you have to 
disconnect and like you said, we said last week, get back to nature. Look at the sky. Look at the well, flowers and breathe in and breathe out and look, um, be in the moment, I guess, you know, and not try to. You, yeah, you've got to be centered. Mm-hmm. And you've got to be, and like you said, in the moment, because honestly, it can overwhelm you. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I mean, meditation is helpful. Getting out, taking a walk, like you said, just letting nature, you know, take your headphones off, try to soak in everything that's going on around you. Mm-hmm. But I tell you, you know, I mean, I was sick for, gosh, two and a half, three weeks. And, you know, that was disconcerting, to say the least. And, and you start catastrophizing. You start thinking, oh, this is it. Oh, I'm going to be on a ventilator. You know, No, you can't do that. You have right. to sit there and say, okay, this is my situation right now. What can I do to get to the next moment? And, you know, the way you need to look at it is we're one day closer to a cure. We're one day closer to a vaccine. We're one day closer out of this thing. And, you know, you just have to keep plugging along. True, true. And speaking of plugging along, our guest today, my God, you think about, you really don't think about the um, shelters. You think about Salvation Armies and you think about the gateways and the um, rescue missions and all those places that provide services on a daily basis for people in need or people who are on the street, people, families who don't have much. And then when something like this happens, what do they do? How do well, they? Well, here's the thing: Salvation Army feeds three thousand families a year, and on top of that, now with everybody, a lot of people losing their jobs, their numbers and their demand is going to go exactly. up, and they're having the same struggles we are to mm. getting food. Exactly. So, I mean, they they're doing that, and and you know, Merle with, and I've worked with the Mississippi Blood Services for years. The Barbie Bassett and, and I have done the blood drive for them, and they're always constantly needing blood. But right now, between people being sick or between the fact you're sheltered in place and can't get out and all their blood drives are canceled, you know, so now if and that's the thing. A lot of people think, well, about well, the COVID thing's going on, but life goes on. Right. So you might get in a car accident or you might have a, you know, need to have emergency surgery and you need to have that blood there. So these these folks that we're going to be talking to today are warriors. And I think Burnley is just a really nice ad on the show, too. I think y'all are going to love him because. He's one of those kind of guys that he sits there and looks at something and he goes, you know, I think I want to learn how to do that. And he does it. And they had canceled a choir concert and suddenly this worldwide movement from this Facebook comes in. And this page is wonderful that we're going to talk about today, too. So there are people out there and you see all the bad news and you think, oh, and you see you know, all the negativity and everything else you might read on your social media. There are good people out there that are working really hard to get us through that. And I think today's three guests are definitely good examples of that. Yep. And Marshall, I saw a um, news story last week where a family put together a little mini prom in their backyard for their kids. And that's exactly what we were, I was saying a couple of weeks ago. I said, if you have a senior who was graduating this year, do something special for them. Let them put on their dresses and, the, um, you know, try to recreate the prom experience at home if you can. You yeah. know, no pressure. I know it's a lot going on right now. But if you can do something special for your uh, senior who worked hard for 12 years and then 2020 this happens in their senior year and then again everything is up in the air their summer jobs or their summer vacation going to college next year everything has changed so if you could do something fun maybe have a drive through prom where they wear their dresses and you drive through the neighborhood or something like the drive through birthday party they had that was really cute but I guess right now we're going to have to come up with creative ideas uh, for our kids because it is a lot it is a lot. Yeah, and that's the thing. They're being asked, they're being asked to give up an awful lot, and it's tough. They're 18 years old, and it's 
this weekend would have been the prom for my son and his girlfriend and his girlfriend's a senior. So she's one of the, she's in that demographic you're talking about. And it's been really tough and it's been tough on her parents too, because she's an only child, but her mom posted photographs of her and her prom dress and she was just absolutely gorgeous. And, 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 you know, you're just so sad because, you know, you're thinking that would have been so much fun for them. They would have had a great time. And I was going to post pictures of my son and, and maybe we could have photoshopped them together, but he was in there doing his homework, wearing a pair of shorts. So I was like, eh, I don't think I lied. You don't look quite as lovely as she does right now. So on that, but yeah, it, it is tough for him. And, and I think as grown ups, if that's what you want to call us, um, you know, I think we have to be very aware of that, of that our, what our kids are going through with this too, because you know, I mean, I see my kids and they've been pretty calm about it, but you know, you can tell that they're kind of stressing a little bit too and trying to figure out how to do online homework and trying to keep up with their studies. And, and have you had to help your, have you had to, had to help with homework yet? And that's always a lot of fun when you're trying to work and yes, yes. trying to figure homework out how to do is, algebra. Uh, I'm back in the 10th grade and it is so much, they have had so much work, <laughs> uh, more to me personally, more to me than they did, did in school. And it is challenging for a 10th grader who never had to use this much discipline on online classes to go from not having to do it to all of a sudden doing it. And I'm trying to, that learning curve, it's challenging. It's challenging for parents. It's challenging, especially high schools. Some of the parents with younger kids say it's not that hard for us. But when you have a high schooler with the amount of work they have and trying to do it online and juggle all of the classes like they're in college, it's challenging. And we're trying to figure out the best way to get it done i think you touched on something really important this is this applies to the parents too is trying to figure out structure when you're at home all the time and you know i mean for me i could be technically working 24 7 producing content and i would probably burn out in about three days but i mean it's like how do you do it because you know my 17 year old will sleep to noon every day and my wife likes to sleep you know, too. And so she gets up and she has to clock in to work and do, do her work, but it's like keeping on a schedule and creating a schedule when there really is no structure whatsoever. And so the discipline's hard for us grownups too. And for me, I just get up, at, you know, I don't get up at the same time. I sleep a little later, but I get up, I have a, a structure, I get ready. Now I am 21 straight days with wearing shorts and I'm going to, by golly, I'm going to break that record. I'm going to go all the way <laughs> until this thing's over with. I'm not wearing long pants, but the, the the deal is, is like I get up, I get ready, I, I have my schedule, I try to get everything done, I work certain hours, and then when I'm done, I put the, the computer down and the social media down, because like you said before, you got to take care of your mental health. Right. Disconnecting. And we, uh, if parents, teachers, students, caregivers are, if you have questions about how to navigate this homeschooling, it is challenging. I understand. You can listen to our Mississippi Education Connection show on Fridays at 10 a.m. with Tara Wren. She's our um, director of education here at MPB. We put together this show to help give resources for parents and, again, teachers, caregivers, students, all types of resources. We talked to uh, Carrie Wright again, Dr. Wright, the first show last. Last week, we talked about PBS programming. This Friday, we're going to talk about special needs. How do you navigate um, through, um, have, how do you parent 
homeschool and parent a child with special needs, severe to the minute, at home during this COVID-19 pandemic. And it's challenging for some, especially when you, you know, your child was going to a facility and it was helping them and you don't know per se how to deal with that on a daily basis. It's very challenging. And we're going to talk to the um, experts in that field about how to handle that. Again, it's so many variables about of how people are dealing with this and what they have to deal with, Marshall. On a, sometimes I don't even think about on a daily basis what other people have to deal with because I'm thinking about what I'm dealing with. And then when right. you take your mind off yourself and you think, oh, my God. Wow, they have to deal with that. They have to deal with this on top of everything else. So it kind of, it doesn't kind of, it makes me grateful about my situation. And yes, I'm dealing with a teenager who has a lot of work to do, but that's good compared to what some other people are dealing with. And again, our next guest will tell us firsthand how people who don't have anything are having to deal with this on top of that and deal with this at the same time. I guess we can take you know, our first and breath. And I think huh? that's something I hope that comes out of all this right. is that we, we as a people develop empathy and, and get because it's like there are so many people right now that are hurting and it is easy to get caught up in your own stuff. But at the end of the day, if you can look around and see how other people are hurting and everything, like y'all creating the show on Friday, you know, it's just finding ways to help people and filling needs. And that is how we as a people are going to get through this together. Yes. All right. Well, really good. Well, we're going to take our first break coming up. And coming up next is our going to be Michelle Hartfield from the Salvation Army. You can be part of the show at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's 877-672-7464. Hey, stay tuned. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Hey, this is Larry Morrissey with the Mississippi Arts Commission. I'm one of the hosts of the Mississippi Arts Hour, the arts interview show on Think Radio. Each week, myself or one of my fellow hosts bring you in-depth interviews with different creative Mississippians. We talk with visual artists, musicians, writers, as well as people who help bring the arts to their communities. We hear about how each artist learned their craft and get some insight into their creative process. You can hear the Arts Hour every Sunday at 5 p.m. on Think Radio or listen anytime by subscribing to the show through your favorite podcasting app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. You're listening to Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey of Mississippi Today. Our first guest, well, she's in the business of giving and providing resources to people who need them the most. But what do you do when that's threatened, too? I mean, this is incredible. Uh, we've got a great guest coming up next. Let's welcome Michelle Hartfield to the show. Michelle, always good to talk to you. Um, would love to be in the studio with you right now, but, you know, kind of crazy circumstances right now. I just before we really get started about how things are going at the Salvation Army, how are you doing and how's things going in your personal life? Everything okay? Oh, yeah. I, you know, 
I, I can't complain, I guess, in, in, in the grand scheme. Um, I will say, Marshall, that we have been coloring a lot of pip and banjo. I have a four-year-old, so thank you for that. <laughs> oh, awesome. Very good. Coloring sheets. you got to love them. Yeah. good. And yes. also, too, don't, there's also some at Mississippi Today, too, so you can find okay. some there um, that take them all around Mississippi. So if you need some extra coloring sheets, we got plenty for you. Yes, there are so, never enough. <laughs> yeah, now how old are the kids? I have um, a nine-year-old and a four-year-old, so we're managing, you okay. know, school for one, and then he's mad that she doesn't have to do school, and she's mad that oh. he got, it's just, you know, it's fun. <laughs> yes, it really is. It's it's kind of like um, kind of like a ping pong ball in a tornado, I would imagine, mm, around yeah. the house right now. And getting work done in, in the middle of that, so we're we're making it work. Well, good, good, good. Everybody's healthy and happy, and that's good, and you're doing and. and the home thing too, it's amazing. Um, it's like, I, I, and I'm so, I'm kind of lucky personally because my oldest son is in college and he's really good at math. So he can help the other two brothers with their math homework. So my wife and I are kind of get off the hook on that, but right. man, I didn't realize how dumb I was until I started seeing some of their homework. Yeah. It's uh, you know, I have to stop and actually figure it out before I can help him, which you know, <laughs> does not make me feel awesome because he's only in fourth grade, but <laughs> yeah. It's well, my, my kids' teachers are going to get really, really, really nice gifts next year. I can no tell you kidding. that. Well, the main thing and why I want you on, I mean, what y'all do at the Salvation Army is so important. I mean, y'all are kind of a, a big safety net in this community. And, and you know, 3,000 families, y'all are serving every year. You're doing all the different things. We've had John talking about that before. But these are extraordinary times. And suddenly, not only – I would imagine the need is is skyrocketing, but it's getting harder and harder for you to get resources to help the need. Tell us a little bit what's going on. Sure. So, you know, one unfortunate circumstance is that the, the very people who we normally serve are the people who did not have either the time nor the resources to stockpile beforehand. So right. they were they were hit first. You know, when, when those of us that could have afforded to, to get a couple of weeks of groceries, you know, we're just kind of now starting to run out, and they haven't had anything since week one. And even if they have the money, there's nothing in the stores. Um, yeah. So, obviously, we saw a huge rise um, of people coming in just for food um, immediately. I mean, as soon as, as things started happening, even before shelter in place. Um, and so it's getting to the point where, you know, not only us, but even other food banks, there's not enough food for us to even – let alone get donated, we can't even find it to purchase in bulk. Like, it's just not there. Really? Because, I mean, that was, mm-hmm. I mean, that's been tough. I know on a personal level, you go in the grocery store and they may not have bread, or, and, of course, they're not going to have toilet paper. But right. you, you're saying that even on the on the wholesale side, on the bulk side, that even that supply has been hard to come by. It is. It is. I know we, uh, we are actually on a waiting list at Kroger, and I think we are going to be able to get some food today. But, you know, we were behind a couple of other food banks in the list um, wow. because, you know, and, and I understand it. People, you know, obviously want to take care of their sure. own families. Like, there's no judgment on that. But we, we are asking everyone to just kind of remember that, that there's other people out there that need food as well. So please only get what you actually need for your family. Um, and if anyone has, you know, realized, you know what, I, I have more than we need, we would happily accept donations of canned food. It would be a big blessing. Yeah, I was going to ask you, what kind of foods are things on your list that you would, that you would like to have or that you need? 
Um, ideally, like cereal is good, oatmeal, um, crackers and peanut butter, tuna, you know, soups, stews. I mean, we, at this point, we're not picky. We'll take whatever anyone's willing right. to give us. But ideally, we do like to be able to, to provide things that, that give a little bit of nutrition and that will actually fill you up. I know, um, you know, we were just talking about my kids and good grief, they will not stop eating. Like I <laughs> am spending so much money on food. So, you know, thank God I have the ability to do that. But if I didn't and I had kids who were suddenly home who were used to getting meals at, at school, um, that's a giant financial strain. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. Oh, I, I understand. I got three teenage boys. It's like they have locusts in the house. Um, yes. and, and I tell you, and even on a personal level, I mean, I, I feel like eating all day long, I think just for comfort reasons. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you go through some, you definitely go through some food. Now, if somebody's sitting there looking around and they see some cans of tuna and they see some cans of beans and stuff, and they're like, you know, really, I, I, I could probably live without that and would like to help out. Do they need to call y'all to schedule a drop-off, or how's that, how's that work? No, um, our offices are still open um, at 110 Presto Lane because that's where we're doing our social services. Um, so someone okay. eating food would need to call and make an appointment, but someone who's willing to just drop it off can go by during regular office hours. Well, I tell you um, – you know that I, I mean I saw this coming, but I didn't see this coming. I know y'all probably had some plans in place, but it seems like it just hit us really fast. I mean, what what were your plans going into this? That did you think, okay, this is or is this completely caught y'all off guard too? Uh, I mean, I don't know that there was really any way to fully prepare for this. We did, uh, you know, try to go ahead and start stocking up on food and. Um, pretty much as soon as it, it went into effect, we shut down our community programs and made sure we delivered food to our seniors that usually eat at our facilities three times a week. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there wasn't really any way to prepare for how insane the demand was and, and how quickly everything just disappeared. Yeah, it did. And it was like suddenly, and like you said, the food disappeared right away and then the need just shot up like within a week, right. you know, you see the unemployed claims and everything else. And then on top of that, you've got a shelter and you've got to, you've got to, to abide by world health organization guidelines and so forth too. Mm-hmm. Talk about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, how do you, how do you keep everybody healthy that you're trying to serve? Absolutely. So we um, are obviously cleaning the shelter um, multiple times a day, fully disinfecting every surface multiple times a day. We do have a section, so we are not at max capacity because we have a section set aside as a quarantine area should we need it. Um, And we are allowing our residents, normally our shelter shuts down between 7.30 a.m. and 4.30 in the afternoon. Um, but because the libraries and the parks and the places where your homeless population would go during the day if, they, if they're not employed are not open, we're leaving our shelter open uh, 24 hours a day, which means that we're also feeding lunch that we weren't feeding before. <laughs> but uh, right. we're trying to do everything that we can do to keep our residents safe and to follow all the guidelines and, and you know, just to help take care of everyone that we can. Well, I mean, your mission is so important because one thing about this disease is it attacks people with comorbidities particularly hard. And a lot mm-hmm. of the population and a lot of the people that you're serving, and because you need to keep them as healthy as possible so that they, if they do get this thing, that they can pull through it. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, your mission is so incredibly important right now. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And we, uh, you know, we're just kind of trusting in faith right now that we'll be able to keep doing it. And, and we know that, you know, there's a higher power that's going to help. And uh, we're just going to keep on trucking. Yeah, definitely. Keep on trucking. So are you working from the house some and then going in some too? So you're kind of just all over the place? Well, I am actually mostly from the house. And one of my children has a severe asthma. So we are, uh, ah, yes. we are locked down. <laughs> And thankfully, they, they're allowing me to do that. So I'm I'm pretty much here. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad everybody's healthy and happy on, on that, that front, too. Mm-hmm. Talk about some of the other things, some of the other needs that y'all need. I mean, obviously, financial resources, if people want to donate money, that's probably not a bad thing either. Yeah, that's money is always, I mean, even even in disaster, whatever, money is always the best way to donate because it allows, and not just us, any nonprofit, it allows us to focus where the need is. Um, and it right. saves it saves from you know, expense and storage and shipping and, and, you know, whatever. So financial donations are always appreciated. We are also now trying to start, you know, with our food boxes that we distribute. You know, like we were talking about, people are having to entertain children now. And not everyone has the resources to have Amazon packages coming every other day with coloring books, <laughs> you know. So yeah. we're we're trying to get you know paints and markers and supplies for kids too um, with with our financial resources to to just you know help the parents. That may not be a a physical necessity, but it's still pretty important for you know the family's well being to be able to keep those kids occupied. Well, feel free to print out the coloring sheets that I'm putting out there and putting them in there. I mean, I would love to be able to help out in that way. Um, Absolutely. Because, like, yeah, because we can, I mean, they can at least get two coloring sheets a day that way. So that would work out great. Um, is there anything else that we need to know or can help? Or I mean, you know, I mean, because obviously, you know, Michelle and I were talking about earlier that this is not only a, 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 a health situation, this is a mental health situation, too. Mm-hmm. Um is there anything else that we can do to help? Uh, I mean, we're just encouraging everyone to, you know, please, when you can, stay home. Like, that is really the number one thing we can do. And, and you know, if we all prioritize getting everything healthy and getting this over with as quickly as we can and, and you know, obviously take care of yourself, that, that's important. And we're doing everything on our end to, to, to handle mental health with our employees and with our shelter residents and, and you know, trying to, Trying to stay on top of that because, like you said, it is important, and I think we're going to see some some far-reaching effects from that in the future. But hopefully, we can we can do the best we can. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that your your mission, I think, is just going to expand and probably get a little bit more complicated as as the months go on. You know, you you had made a good point. I mean, folks need to stay home. We need to flatten the curve. We don't need to get it. We don't need to spread it. But you know, folks have stuff. Can they ship it? to you i mean is there an address that they can yeah. send stuff um, to y'all we can we can accept anything at our administration building which is 110 presto lane jackson mississippi uh 39206 and we also on our website which is salvationarmyjackson.org have a link to a uh, walmart registry the salvation army nationally has partnered with walmart and you can yeah. purchase when they're in stock, things kind of come and go in stock, so we're trying to stay on top of it. But you can purchase food from that list, and it's shipped directly to us. 
That's wonderful. Michelle, you stay healthy. I hope everybody in your family stays healthy. And if there's anything else we can do, you give us a call and we'll get you back on the air, okay? Absolutely. Thank you all so much for having me. Oh, good talking to you. All right. Well, that's uh, time for our, our break. We're coming up next is going to be... Oh, goodness gracious. We're going to have Merle Elder John. She's the director of donor recruitment from Mississippi Blood Services. Known Merle for a long time. You can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Hey, stay tuned. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. This is MPB Think Radio, and you're listening to Now You're Talking. I'm your host, Marshall Ram. And today we're discussing, of course, COVID-19, how it's affected so many different organizations and things that in our lives here in Mississippi, of course. And, of course, be part of the show. We'd love to hear from you. Just call, give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. And, you know, on the last but before the break, we spoke with uh, Michelle Harfield with the Salvation Army and talked about some of the, ne- the needs. Well, our next guest knows a little bit firsthand about the importance of giving and coming together as a community during crisis. Because um, I've worked with her, gosh, I'm trying to think now, 12 years, 13 years, something like that. We've worked together for a long, long time on the Barbie and Marshall blood drive that we do twice a year for Valentine's Day and Halloween. And so every year we're always talking about the need that they have. Well, guess what? Uh, right now, there's a huge need because so many blood drives have been canceled. And so, Merle, I, I'm so glad you decided to join us today because, frankly, I want to hear the story firsthand from you. I know this has been a really tough few, few weeks for y'all. And um, I feel bad because I haven't been over there to donate yet. And, and I just hadn't really felt well, so I didn't think you'd want my cooties. But um, <laughs> how are you doing? Number one, how are you doing? I mean, before we get talking about the, the need and the urge, I mean, I think we're all kind of like, trying to figure this new world out that we're in you doing okay i'm doing well all things considered i'm I'm doing very well um we are in a very interesting place for sure uh, both both personally and professionally with everything going on definitely uh you know and i i was thinking about that you know as things were starting to shut down and everything and i was thinking how are they going to be able to do blood drives and y'all y'all have canceled I was just thinking over 30 blood drives, haven't you? I mean, it's, it's incredible. Actually, we are up to over 85 blood drives canceled. Okay. Um, since, wow. Since the, essentially since the first um, diagnosis here in Mississippi, um, it's equivalent to a little over 3,000 potentially uncollected units. Um, you know, these cancellations include schools and churches and um, this time of year, um, where we get most of our blood for the hospitals is in our high schools and colleges. 
Um, with them not being in session, um, obviously they, there's the need to cancel. Um, and then there's several businesses and churches as well. Um, so what we're having to do now is simply just put in community drives. Um, and we're thankful that um, our donors are still responding. Yeah, but that's, I guess, the, the equivalent of y'all having a heart attack, more or less, because everything just stopped. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's been it's been a very interesting, pretty much um, trial by fire, to say the least, trying to figure all of this out as it just comes fast and furious. Um, the most important thing to us is that the donors understand. And I actually heard you say this earlier, and it made my heart smile. Is that you know it's so important for people to understand that while the world is starting to come to a stop outside, there's still lots that are that is going on that happens on a daily basis that we have no control of. We're still having um, traumatic events such as car wrecks and, and things like that, that people need the blood. We still have cancer patients and burn victims and, and people that are in need of the product that is on the shelf today. Um, so yeah. life goes on from that side, um, no matter what's going on. And now I've got somebody very close to me. It's got surgery tomorrow. I mean, it's like, okay, you know, I, got my, I hope she has the blood she needs. I mean, it's just, it's, it's nuts. And the thing is so, and I think, it's so different this time is say if this were a hurricane hitting Mississippi and we couldn't get the blood, you could order blood from different parts of the country, but this is happening all across the globe. So it's like everybody's in the same exact boat that you're in. Absolutely. We're part of a great network called Blood Centers of America. And typically, like you said, in situations that hit certain areas, we're able to help each other out. But right now, like you said, everybody's in the same boat and up against the same challenges. Um, I can tell you, though, um, thankfully to um, lots of media outcry about the importance all the way up to our Surgeon General and our President talking about how important it was to donate blood. We had a huge outpouring of community. And, you know, oh, right good. here in Mississippi, I believe that um, Mississippians know how to come out and do things great for um, the community. And, and we've had such an overwhelming response that right now our inventory is good. Um, but let let me make sure that I include in that that just because our inventory is good right now doesn't mean that it will continue to be that way. Um, as we have seen over the last few days, a decrease in the number of donors that are coming out to give. So as we see that number trickle down, um, so will our inventory. And the fear is, is that, um, yes, we, we were at a really good place, but what does the next two weeks look like for us as an organization? And then in turn, what will the coming weeks look as those numbers continue to dwindle? Let me ask you, I guess, probably a dumb question, but in light of the governor's shelter in place order and, you know, it being a little fuzzy about what's essential or not essential, I would tr guess, I mean, that giving blood would be considered an essential business and y'all are still open and people can come down to Treetops Boulevard and, and, and give blood there? Or how does that, how is it going to work? No. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that is a misconception is that donating blood is considered an essential task. It's important that people are coming out and, and continuing to donate that much needed um, life essentially for um, patients in need. Um, from our standpoint, to encourage donors to come out, we're trying to really educate people um, on the fact that we are an essential task, and we want donors to know that they are safe when they come in to donate. We're taking increased sanitation efforts. We're cleaning after every single donor, um, hourly even, on top of after every single donor. Um, we're making every effort to make sure that the donors are six feet apart 
on our coaches, we're making sure that we have the donors six feet apart and no more than 10 on a, a mobile um, bus at any given time. So we're making sure we're taking all of those efforts to be sure that the, the staff and the donors are safe when they come in to donate because it's going to be important that they keep coming. Definitely. I, I was going to say, I mean, on the coaches, so you can give blood on the coaches and that's still safe too. But I was, I was going to ask, because a lot of people that have never seen your main headquarters, it's very open and very spacious. Mm-hmm. So you can definitely get people very far apart. So the bottom line is to calm people's fears that it is a, a safe activity to go do. Yes, absolutely. Um, we have a great facility here in Flowood. We also have um, facilities in um, Cleveland and in Oxford um, that obviously aren't quite as large as our headquarters here. But if you're more comfortable coming into um, a building-type setting, we have those locations. Um, and we, um, you can follow us on um, our Facebook page or social media or our website to know the hours and the days that those locations are open. Um, but we would love people to come in and see us here at our main center for sure. Let me, because, you know, there's usually one type of blood you need o- over others. Is there any t- particular blood type that you're low on? Right now, I would say that any type of O's are O negative, O positive, our B donors, so our B negative and B positive donors, um, those four blood types are needed. Um, for obvious reasons, um, our O negative donors, we really need people with O negative blood type to come out and give. If you look at our inventory, that's probably one of the lowest blood types we have. Also one of the most critical, because um, as you know, um, a car accident, if it was to need 50 units, typically what they're going to go to is the O negative for that patient if they don't know the type of the patient. So it's important to have those units on the shelf. So I would say top priority is going to be our O negative donors. We also need O pause, B pause, B negative. And for those that are outside of those blood types, if you've ever considered donating platelets, um, we have a an, an serious urgency for um, plate for platelet donors as well. We're talking with Merle Eldridge. He's the director of donor recruitment and mobile collections at Mississippi Blood Services. Like I said, you know, you and I, it seems like we've been doing this for years and years and years. Was this something that when y'all were sitting down in January and February, did you have any idea that the storm was going to get this hit this hard? Or is this just something y'all have had to take day by day? This is literally something we've had to take day by day. I mean, just like any other business, we've had emergency plans in place. Um, but actually having to follow through with some of those urgent emergency decisions has been um, very interesting. Um, we're, we're learning day by day. Um, what needs to be done. Um, you know, typically from a blood center perspective, it's it's often kind of hard for us to switch on a dime. So if we have a blood a blood drive cancel for next week, throwing something in in a community that next week is typically a difficult task. But I can tell you yeah. that um, we've really done a great job in, in learning how to find those locations really quickly, get those locations put in so that we are providing that opportunity for donors across the state to, to come out and donate um, I can't speak enough volumes for um, the donors that have come out. And I also have to say that the staff here at MBS have really done an amazing job in being flexible through this learning process um, and, and being willing to, to change gears because they know what's most important right now is that we see these donors so that we've got that product for these patients. 
I tell you, you know, it's like every business and it seems like every person and every family, we are all having to pivot and change on a dime on that. And I, I mean, I'm very glad to hear that y'all are figuring out ways of doing it because it's like this is going to be the new normal for a while, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes, it really is. And and that's we've also put out a plea to people who have never considered hosting blood drives um, to give us a yeah. call. Um, we're going to some really interesting places we've never done before. I mean, we, we are actually holding blood drives in neighborhoods. Um, you know, people are in shelter in place and they're at their home. They're not going to work. And so us being able to part coach at, um, at a neighborhood um, and them come out and donate has been, has been a really great thing. Um, so we're really calling out to the public. If, if you have a location um, that we can come out to see donors and give that opportunity, we would love for you to reach out to us. Um, and let's work out the details on that. Great. Merle, real quick, throw out how they can get in touch with you on that and um, so they can contact us. That's a brilliant idea. Absolutely. Um, you can reach us via our website, our social media page. Um, you can call our office here um, at 981-3232. Speak with Merle Eldridge, and I'll make sure that I get the information that we need. Merle, good talking to you. Hang in there, and I hope to see you soon. All right. Thank you, Marshall. All right. It's time for our final break, and we'll return. We'll, ch- we'll change our tune a bit with Natchez musician Burnley Cook. Hey, stay tuned. We don't want you to miss what's coming up next. This is Now You're Talking on PP Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein from Fix It 101. If you ever thought about changing the doorknob or fixing a leaky faucet, some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Hey, you're listening to Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio, and your host, Marshall Ramsey, with Mississippi Today. You know, the coronavirus pandemic has changed the way we normally, I'm doing that in air quotes, do things like, well, attend school, enjoy sports, and even go to concerts. But our next guest hasn't allowed this pandemic to stop him from doing what he loves. Hey, let's welcome to the show a person that was actually voted one of the top 100 people you need to meet in Natchez and who has been called by Walt Grayson a Renaissance man. We got Burnley Cook on with us. Burnley, I am very honored to get to meet you. Uh, thank you for well, taking time out to join us today. Oh, not a problem. Glad I could be on here. I'm just sorry about uh, the circumstances. Oh, I'm sorry about the circumstances exactly, and I'm sorry that we're not meeting in person. I'd like to shake your hand or at least give you an elbow bump and say congratulations for doing music for the masses. But I want to start back a little bit uh, before that and talk about an organ that you uh, rescued and put it together, because I think it says a lot about who you are. Tell us about this organ that you you rescued from pretty much the, the, the junkyard. Well, yes, um, it had been in uh, a storage pod um, for about 42 years, and the the uh, daughter of the man who rescued it said, anybody that wants it, come get it on Facebook. So I said, my goodness, i got to get that thing. So it, I gave myself about five years to do it and did it in <laughs> three and a half, 
And it used to be, it's an old theater organ. It used to be in the old Baker Grand Theater. It used to be in Natchez. So, and it's out in my shop. I keep thinking, my goodness, some places eventually got to take this thing. But I still enjoy playing it, and it's a lot of fun. Well, and this is from somebody who, you know, sometimes gets befuddled from YouTube videos on how to fix a toilet. Um, the fact that you not only put this this old organ back together, but you modernized it with some electronics, and now you you do concerts in your garage with it. I just think that just says a lot about who oh, you think, are. Is is oh, that you're not afraid to try something? Oh no! And, and in fact, uh, I'm encouraging people uh, for Easter. You know, uh, we're not canceling Easter. It's not going to be like the Grinch that tried to cancel Christmas. Uh, so Easter's going to, to exist, and even if we can't be in a church situation, I'm inviting people to tune in on the uh, music for the masses. Uh, I believe it's 5 o'clock, Easter Sunday, and I'm just going to play nothing but uh, some Easter hymns uh, for people. And they can, they can listen in the comfort and in the safety of their own uh, homes. So I think that'll be you really know, interesting. I think it'll be perfect. It'll be wonderful. Mm-hmm. I, I I have to admit, and this is how I came across Music of the Masses, for the Masses. Mm-hmm. Um, I put out on my Facebook page, I said, could just name some people that are doing some good things. And and so yours is the first name that popped up. Somebody who was a fan and, and put it up. And I went to the page. And this page, you've got musicians from literally all around the world that are posting absolutely gorgeous music. And it's, I mean, I have caught myself, you know, when I'm starting to get really stressed out, just going from musician to musician and listening to what they have to offer. It's beautiful. That's that's the beautiful, that's the beautiful thing about music is it's a universal language. It speaks to every one of us uh, often in very different ways, but um, anybody can get enjoyment from music. And again, you know, we, we have, we have a performer from Russia. We have a couple of people from like Holland, a uh, number of, of contributors from Great Britain, and then all over this country. Uh, and anything from, from amateurs to professionals to incredible professionals uh, that are giving of their time and talent. Uh, just because, we, you know, we're, we're in such in uncertain times right now, and it can be very worrisome to people and as and as I've said before you know we can we can be fearful of of what's happening but we don't want to be fear filled filled with fear so we can be fearful at the moment but we don't have to be fear filled so I think that's that's spot on and perfect that's no, perfect and, and I'm really and I love how this came about tell us tell us the story about how the page came about because it was it was a moment that would have caused people great sadness that you took it and you literally turned the proverbial lemonade out of this, this lemon. How did, how did you, mm-hmm. what was the one event that caused you to start this page? Well, the, the fact is that I was reading so many people's uh, Facebook posts, uh, friends that were bemoaning the fact that, that our lives for, for now are fundamentally changed, that they can no longer go out and enjoy, you know, an evening uh, being entertained at in any local spot that has uh, live music, and I thought, no, that's 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 crazy. If we if we can't if we can't get people to you know to to be able to go to where the music is, then let's take the music to where the people are, uh, so that you know it's it's very worrisome. There are a lot of people so incredibly anxious and worried, 
And I thought, you know, music is a is a great way to to soothe the savage breast, I think is the term. But this was made for people to be able to stay at home and still enjoy some music offerings. You know, and of course there's always, you know, YouTube and everything, but this is this is another venue that people are more than welcome to utilize and and I encourage performers and performers and performers and in fact I've I've got one right now that that's over here that we're going to be doing some more recording. He was one of the first ones to record for the music for the masses, uh, Joseph Simmons, and he's a violinist. So we're going to do a couple more videos with him safely. Of course, oh, that's wonderful. Keeping, yeah. keeping a respectful distance, <laughs> but a piano and exactly. a violin. So um, it's just all about trying to give people a breather. You turn on the news, you're going to hear coronavirus, 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 you know, all this terrible stuff. Okay, well, tune in to Facebook, go to Music for the Masses, uh, and you'll be able to, to get some relief, you know, for your soul. And, and I'm thinking of changing the name, actually, to Entertainment for the Masses, because I'm trying to throw in some, some things specifically aimed towards youth, towards kids. Because, you know, even though I think a lot of them don't really realize what is going on at the moment, they know something's up. They know their lives are no longer normal. Uh, right. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking, well, let me give them, let me try to shoot. Well, Mar- a, a wonderful lady, Maria Lambert, has done a tremendous job of supplying material aimed towards youth, crafts and imaginative things that they could tune in or their grandparents can tune in or their parents and find things for their kids to do and things to amuse them. So I'm working up, I also do magic. So I'm working up to do, uh, you know, a couple of magic bits on there and uh, I have carnivorous plants. So I'm doing like instructional videos showing carnivorous plants, you know, anything to help people feel normal. So it, well, it's beautiful. And by the way, I was going to throw out a big compliment to you. Your painting is really turning out. You're really doing some nice work with your painting, and I and I love your your thoughts on that. But basically, that anybody can draw and anybody can paint. You just have oh, to basically put in the work and take the time. That's right. Anybody can do it. If Grandma Moses could do it, anybody could do it. So it's not it's not a huge well, secret. Burnley, I, I appreciate you taking time with us today. Good grief. Um, you're, you've really done a great service to the world. You're up to like 20, nearly 2,347 members, I think, was the last time I saw. You start out with 45, and all people need to do is go to their <laughs> Facebook page and type in Music for the Masses, and you'll be right there. Music for the Masses. That's right. And just just send a, a request, you know, to join and be more than glad to, to accommodate you, have you in there, and any performers that are out there that would love to to come on board there's one young man on there that that has performed practically every day on guitar and has done a a sacred piece a hymn and that's incredible every day that's wonderful well burnley thank you for taking time you stay healthy and 
Uh, just keep up the great work. I can't wait to meet you in person. Well, we've come to the end of another great show. I want to thank our guest, Michelle Hartfield with the Salvation Army, Merle Eldridge with the Mississippi Blood Services, and musician Burnley Cook for joining us today. Uh, if you'd like to hear the show again or past episodes, download our MPB Public Media app and listen to the podcast. Now You're Talking is production of MPB Think Radio and is produced by Michelle McAdoo. Stay tuned. Southern Remedies coming up next with Healthy and Fit with Dr. Josie Bidwell. And remember, we will get through this together. So stay tuned. Have a great week. Stay safe and stay healthy.